0: Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend, and welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. Whether you are joining us on YouTube or in your podcasting app, of choice. I'm happy to have you here. This week we are talking about sort of the opposite of what we talked about last week. Last week we talked about if you have music already and you want to put lyrics to it, how to go about that. And this week we are turning that on its head and we're talking about, okay, you have a set of lyrics, you have a set of poetry, and you want to figure out a melody and music to that. We're talking about that direction this week. If you are a lyrics first person. This is your week. If you're not, if you're one of those people that always, always, always does music first, this is your opportunity. Change it around a little bit. I used to be a lyrics first person. Now I mix it up. I highly, highly, highly recommend doing some of both. They both have strengths. And as I've talked about before, songwriting is a funnel. So whatever choices you make first. So if you write the lyric first, if you write music first, if you write the piano riff first, whatever things you write first, you have the most room creatively, right? Because the first thing you write, there are no rules, right? But the second you write a lyric, now there's certain syllables you have to worry about. Same with the melody, right? There's a, if, if you have a melody that basically is four notes, you can't have 10 syllables in your lyric. So with every choice you make, you have fewer and fewer creative options. So sometimes starting with a lyric first is, is the best way, especially if you're somebody who struggles with writing great lyrics and you always are sort of unsatisfied with your lyrics, then this is perfect for you. Write lyrics first. Try that as a challenge because it'll be so much easier to write a great, great lyric if you start with the lyrics, especially, again, if you tend to struggle with that. So... We're gonna talk about three big ideas. First big idea, very similar to last week. It's gonna deviate after the first one, but but for this first one, very similar idea to last week, which is getting to the core emotion this time of the lyric. And like last week, we don't want it to be happy and sad, right? When you're reading your lyric, I want you to be diving into the intricacies of the emotion, right? Like take a breakup song, right? A breakup song can have a plethora of different emotions, right? The idea of like breakup song equals sad, like probably, but there's a bunch of different connotations, right? There's the bitter aspect of sad, right? That's when that's when you're angry at the person for breaking your heart. There's the wistful side, right? That's the, you know, I've lost you and oh, I wish for those days back, right? Those are two completely different things. And the music that would go with bitter versus wistful in this case, and there's a a ton of other options, right? But just to take these two, for example, right? The music and the melody should be very, very, very different. So the key here is to really dive in and figure out specifically, precisely, what those more specific emotions are that are in your lyric. This is very important. One way that I like to do this that I think makes it easier talked about this before. One of my favorite tools when I'm writing a song is going to Google image search, and I will search to try to find art and pictures that very much convey and and, and just, just are packed with the same emotions that I feel with the lyrics, right? Because sometimes it can be hard to just look at lyrics, no matter how good lyrics are. Sometimes, There's just a part of your brain that that is very visual, right? So visual arts have a way of bringing certain emotions to your brain that sometimes written arts can't do quite as well. Or just if you can have both, right? If you can have pictures to look at that evoke an emotion and you also have words even better, right? Like the more the merrier. So I find it very, very helpful. I try to find at least three different images on uh Google images it doesn't really matter where I just use Google because it's the easiest thing, right? We Google everything. Just click on the images tab, make sure safe search is on, and then look for the thing you're that you're sort of trying to find, right? And there's different ways to do this, right? Maybe you have imagery in your song. So you do a a a search for sort of that imagery, right? Maybe maybe your imagery in your song is, I don't know, butterflies flying away, right? So so type butterflies flying away or flying butterflies or something and search for that, right? Maybe you just want something that evokes the same emotion. So back to that word thing we were talking about, right? So let's say wistful is one of the main words that you feel goes with your song, right? Mostly wistful with a side of bitter. So maybe type wistful, do wistful art, image search that, and 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 really comb through until you find ones that really, really fit and that really evoke emotion out of you. This is gonna be something very, very, very subjective, right? Art that speaks to me, pictures that speak to you are going to be very different than the ones that speak to you. And that's okay. For me personally, I tend to not get as inspired by photography, but there's something about art like paintings or whatever that I can find on Google images that tends to evoke a more creative, um, just evokes more emotions from me on average than photographs. There are some exceptions to that. I've done a photograph fairly recently. Um. But I'm usually looking for art. For you, maybe it's photographs. Maybe it's something totally different. I don't know. Maybe maybe pottery is your thing. I don't know. Um, But whatever that is, that is one of the most helpful tools I find to really dive in and make sure that I'm picking some of the right precise words about the emotion before we start on our journey to figure out the music. Because how can we know what the music should sound like if we don't know the heart of the emotion? that is in our future song right now, just poem or lyrics. So the second thing, big idea number two. At this point, right? You now have your full set of lyrics or maybe it's just a part lyric, right? You you can certainly do this if maybe you only have the lyrics for a chorus so far, but now you're ready to do music, right? Because songwriting is messy. Sometimes you write a chorus lyric, and then you write the music for the chorus, and then you write the music for the verse, but then you have to write the verse lyric, right? It's it's not clean. It's not like it's always like lyrics complete before we do anything with music, or music complete before we do anything. Like, it almost never works out that way. It's usually a mess of everything, and then you write the intro over here, and, you know, maybe you write the finale before you even write the chorus. Maybe you decide to not have a chorus. Songwriting's messy. I get it. But regardless, if you're in a situation where you have a lyric, no matter how small, no matter how small of a piece of a song, and you don't have the music yet, at this point, we've figured out the core emotions. Hopefully, you've done an image search, found some images. Take that, pull it into your Google Doc where you have your song. At least that's what I do. If you like to songwrite on paper, I recommend having a Google Doc. Um, just to store these images. And then at some point, if you do also want to move your lyrics into the Google Doc, great. Uh, But I totally understand the desire that some of us have to still, there's something more creative sometimes about writing with a pen or pencil. So now you have all that. You've really figured out what the core emotions are. Next thing I like to do is to read the poem, read the lyrics. And that may sound a little odd, but the reason for this is when you read it, you start to understand and you start to really see where the different emphases are, right? So for example, we've talked about this before. We're gonna go over it again. Let's take one sentence. The sentence is, you're still sad and lonely. We're going to use this exact same sentence four times, but I'm going to put an, a different emphasis every time. And it's going to completely change the meaning of this sentence. And you can do this first almost any sentence, right? So we're going to start with, you're still sad and lonely. Or, you're still sad and lonely? That's adding a question mark. But either way, you're is the emphasis. You're still sad and lonely. This is implying you of all people are sad and lonely. Why? Right? You have everything you've ever wanted. You're married. You're happy. You're still sad and lonely, right? Now, maybe that's not the exact story there, but emphasis on your. You're still sad and lonely? Now the emphasis is on still. So the key here is after all this time, you know, she left you 10 years ago. You're still sad and lonely? The emphasis now is on the still meaning the time is 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 the shocking part the time is the is is the significant part of this not so much the sad and lonely it's the still you're still this other thing third one you're still sad and lonely so now we're putting the emphasis on sad and lonely so now we're just putting emphasis on what it is you are right the emphasis is not so much you of all people the emphasis isn't still right it's it's these are the two things you are sad and lonely right fourth one the only word we have not had an emphasis on yet the and you're still sad and lonely now we're really drawing attention to that second thing right not only are you sad but you are also lonely so those are all the exact same sentence but depending on what word has the emphasis is going to change the meaning of it completely. So why is this important, right? Why do we care? Joseph, why are you making me say the lyrics out loud? Well, the reason is when you're reading your lyric, you probably don't have these emphases in there, right? The the only way I was able to remember those is if you go check out the blog post, I have them written there and I have the word that's emphasized italicized, right? You're probably not going to have that in your lyric. You probably have to re-go through your lyric to really figure out what what are the words that are important. What are the things I want to emphasize? And when you speak the lyric, that's really going to come through. You might not get it right the first time, right? But as you as you really speak it, you'll you'll start to realize here's where the natural emphases are, or here is where I should emphasize instead. Because I, as I'm reading this, I'm understanding the emotion of the lyric, and, I, and I'm now picking the right words to emphasize. So you might still be wondering, okay, you figured out if you say the lyrics out loud, what, what we're emphasizing. Why does that matter to me? When are we going to write the music for this thing? Well, the first thing here is the direction I'm going. The direction I'm going is that we're going to be writing the melody first. Now, the reason for this is because I think the, with very little exception, the melody is much more important to your song and is much more important to the emotions of your lyric than anything else. It is, it is more important. The melody is more important than the chord progression. It seems to be a thing, especially for beginner songwriters, to be really obsessed with chord progressions. And I understand. But you're putting the emphasis on the wrong thing. Usually you want the chord progressions to be chosen to correctly supplement the melody that you have. You don't want to have a chord progression that forces a melody necessarily. There are definitely exceptions to this. Like I said, I'm all for always change it up, do different things, experiment, because that's what's going to keep your creativity fresh, right? If you write a bass line first for the first time, your song is going to come out a little differently than usual. That's a good thing. But, In this case, we have a lyric first approach, right? We're already, we already have a lyric. We already have a poem. So we really, really, really want to take this opportunity to drive home the lyrics, right? We have this great opportunity to have a great lyric melody pairing. So we really want to attack that melody first. So let's dial it back. Okay, Joseph, you're telling me where you're going, but, but, but what does this have to do with me saying the lyric out loud? Well, this next step after saying the lyric out loud is singing it. Now, I know this can be awkward, right? Maybe you're walking around your house all alone. Or maybe if you're not in a house alone, you decide to do this while you're in the car. Because otherwise people are going to think you're crazy. And it's not going to sound very good, right? Because if we just start making up a melody out of, out of anywhere, like it's, it's, pr- it's probably not going to sound that great. doesn't matter. The point is, we've now established the emphases that we have on different words, right? So now we can use that to sort of inform how we sing the song. And the goal of us just improvising, really, with our voices, singing this song, is is now to take it one step further, right? We've already figured out the emphases. Now we want to sing it. Maybe try to find a melody that uses those emphases and really drives home the point of Lyric, right? The way you're gonna the way you're going to sing you're still sad and lonely would probably be very different than singing you're still sad and lonely, right? In your melody, you want it to reflect the same emphases that you have when you say the words, you should have when you sing the words. And the way that usually you would emphasize something in a melody, right? Usually it's going to be a high note relative to the other notes or it's going to be a note that you hold longer or both, right? That's usually how you draw attention, right? So if you think of the notes in a song that you really notice, it's when they hit the high note of the phrase, right? Like that you notice. Sometimes even the low note, right? The extremes. In general, look for the extremes for emphases, right? If you have like a bunch of quarter notes in a row that are all sort of, you know, sitting around the middle range and then you jump up to a high note that is held for a long time, that's going to have emphasis on it, right? You don't want that word to be the, right? Because the is almost never the emphasis, right? Maybe it's gone. Maybe it's your, because it's your gone. Maybe it's your gone, and gone's the high note, right? Or or gone is the note that you hold for a while. Or maybe it's the low note, right? Usually high note probably works better than low note, but it's going to depend on context, right? And there's a lot that goes into this. But the idea is... Now you've said your lyric out loud and you're starting to sing the lyric out loud. And between the two, you should have really nailed down what parts of your lyrics you are emphasizing. What are the most important parts, right? Because the reality is there has to be some filler words and I hate to call them that, but like, for example, if you take a line that's like, you're the best thing to ever happen to me, right? Probably you're the can be like a, 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 Tag, right? Like you're the best thing to ever happen to me, right? Like best thing to ever happen to me, is 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 the main point, probably. Again, it's gonna depend on your song, but you're the might be, you know, those two eighth notes that you just quickly graze over before getting to the real line, if you will. And it's important to know the words that aren't as important, right? Like the thes and the us compared to the the words that are the the rich, meaningful words. Right? Like say if you have the word wistful in your song. That's probably a more important word, right? That's because it's very it it paints a picture, right? It's a it's a more vibrant word, if you will. So at this point, you've now at least started to improvise with your voice to start to create a melody. Now, in this stage, there can be a wide gap, right? So we're going through these steps, but I don't want you to think at any point this is like a go, 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 done, right? Like this can take a, a lot of time, right? You might be improvising with your voice for hours and still not find the right melody. Other things I recommend is to go to whatever instrument you are most strong with, especially if it's a a melodic instrument. And when I say melodic instrument, yes, I know that basically every instrument except like drums can do melodies, right? Like you can do a melody with the guitar. But for the most part, unless you're doing nice, pleasant solos, guitar tends to be a more rhythmic instrument, whereas a piano is great for coming up with a melody. If you're a flautist, if you're a violinist, if you're a cellist, right? Like All of those things are very powerful for melody. This might be a good time to sort of have an idea of maybe where you want to go with your melody from your, your, your singing improvisation, but you're not really sure. So now go to your instrument of choice. Piano is one of the most powerful in my opinion. It's definitely my favorite instrument to go to, to really nail down a melody. And honestly, you can even skip that singing step if you'd like for now and do your, figure out the melody from your instrument first after you've already figured out your emphases by saying the words, you can do that first. Because sometimes it's easier to to come up with a melody when you're not having to improvise and try to stay in the same key naturally, right? Like it's easier to do that when you can visualize it on a piano or some other instrument. So you definitely can do that. But I do recommend no matter what you do, what order you do this in, whether you improvise vocally first or if you write the melody on the piano and then try singing it regardless i want you to do what i like to call the a cappella test and this is a test where you, th- you you close your eyes and think to yourself okay i'm going to just sing this melody with the lyrics and can i visualize a sea of people right an audience the lights are down and this is going to depend on your genre a little bit, but especially if this is a more ballad type emotional song, this is going to really, really will help you. Imagine all the lights being down, all the lights are off. People are, you know, holding their cell phones, waving them back and forth with the lights, right? And there's no instrumentals. It's just you in the dark, besides those lights they are waving back and forth and the audience singing along a la cappella, the melody of your song does it evoke, does it have everybody singing along because it so strongly evokes the emotion of the lyric? Does it not even need the rest of you know the chords and the arrangement and the rest of the music to be a perfect match of lyrics and a melody that evokes every little aspect of that emotion? Is it truly so emotional that you, people just sing along and they're closing their eyes and they're waving their candles in quotes? Back and forth, right? Is it that sort of thing? And I know this sounds cheesy, and it totally is. But here's the thing: it really helps, right? If you can really visualize it, then you're probably on the right track with your melody. If you can't, if you can't visualize that happening, if you think, ah, oh, this melody's boring or it doesn't really, I don't know, it's not super emotional, it's not super like it doesn't really match with the lyric perfectly, it's time to keep working at it, right? Keep tweaking it. Maybe you're on the right track. You just got to change a couple of intervals here and there. Make sure you do this test before you move on. Try to make all of your melodies pass this test, no matter when you're writing the melody. Always try to do this. I found it super helpful and I hope you do too. Third big step. Now you have your melody, right? You've nailed down your melody. You already have the lyrics. So what's left? chords, right? The arrangement, the harmony. So now you have to figure out the underlying chords and or arrangement. So the first step to doing this, right, is you need to figure out, okay, what what notes are in my melody? Let's say in this example that you haven't actually gotten, gone to your piano yet. You haven't gone to your jello yet. You don't really know what the notes are. You've just been singing randomly and you've locked on to a melody it's time to go to your keyboard, it's time to go to your piano, it's time to go to your guitar, whatever instrument. Or maybe if you have perfect pitch, you don't even have to, even better. Um, But now your job is to figure out, okay, what notes are in my melody? Because if you know what notes are in your melody, that's how you can figure out, okay, now I know what key this song is in. And if any of this is confusing you, link in the description. I have a free guide on uh the four pillars of music theory that every single songwriter really 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 needs to know go pick it up totally free it will make everything that I'm about to say make much more sense you will know all of the things you need to know to figure out what I am talking about right here. So let's say for example you have a really boring melody. This might not be a boring melody for the record but I just picked an easy example for the sake of illustration. So you have the notes E, D sharp an A in your melody, right? From that, even though it's just three notes, you can actually figure out what key it is. So first of all, D sharp. D sharp is in the keys of E, B, F sharp, and C major, right? And then they're relative minors, but we're just gonna worry about majors right now. But then there's an A, right? And an A would be sharp, if it was in the key of B, F sharp, or C sharp. So that leaves only one of those first four I mentioned, right? E. And then if we take it a step further, so really two notes alone, you already know you're in the key of the E major or it's relative minor, which would be C sharp minor. But also E would be E sharp, which is really an F, but uh, in, within the context of the key, we'd consider it E sharp um, in F in the key of F sharp and C sharp. So even with having the E, we knew that it wasn't the key of C-sharp or F-sharp. So we already knew that it was either the key of E or B, right? And that D-sharp just confirms, okay, we're in the key of E major. Again, relative minor would be C-sharp minor. I assume based on uh your song, you probably already know whether it's going to be major or minor because you have a whole melody, you have a lyric. So I assume you know. So just by knowing what notes you have in your melody, you can figure out what key you have. Okay, why is the key important? Well the key is important because now you know what chords you have to work with and the job of each chord. Right? So you know, okay, we're in the key of E major. So my one chord, my powerful chord, my home chord is E major, because we're in the key of E major. Right? And then we know that um you know, we have we have A, would be our four chord, right? An A major chord. And then we have a B major chord, would be our five chord, because those are our two other major, I was going to say major chords that are also major chords. But like the most often used chords in a key, right, are one, four, five, and six. So now you can just easily figure out what those are, right? E. A, B, and C sharp. C sharp being the minor one. Because you know, you know you're in a major key. Based on that, you know the one chord is major, the four chord is major, the five chord is major. And then you know the sixth chord is going to be minor. You also know the two and three chords will be minor. You know your seventh chord is diminished. You also know that the seventh chord is usually not super useful in a major key. There are exceptions to that, but for the vast majority of songs you're not going to use that. But three and two chords are very useful and can really help separate your songs and make them more interesting than usual because there are so many songs out there that are boring and just use one, four, five, and six. To be clear, I am not saying that songs that use that are boring. It is perfectly acceptable to have as, as few as two chords in a song. You could probably even pull off one chord for an entire song if you arranged it interestingly enough. So I'm not hating on that. That can be... Awesome and well done. I have plenty of songs that just use two or three chords. But it needs to be for a reason, and you don't want to be trapped only doing those. And especially if you're starting with chord progressions, which I don't recommend you do most of the time. But if you do, it can be really easy to get caught in the trap of like, well, what's a common chord progression? One, five, six, four. And then you build a song off of that, which is a really bad way to build a song. Once in a while, fine, but if that is your habit, please, please don't do that and let this podcast be an inspiration to you to write the lyrics first, then write the melody, and then figure out the right chords. So anyway, rewind. Where are we? So we figured out what key we're in, right? We know we're in E major in this example song. And now you know what chords you have to work with, right? Because you know the key, you know all the notes you have to work with, and you know all of the chords you have to work with. So you know, for example, if you have a G sharp in your melody, you think, okay, I know that the G sharp is the third of the E major chord, which is the one chord. So if you want that G sharp, maybe it's your high G sharp, right? You're nailing that G sharp. It's the high note of the song, and that's your main point. Okay, you know that that can pair nicely with your one chord, your E major chord, for that ultimate power, right? Because if you have a high note and the one chord at the same time, that is the ultimate, like, rich power you can possibly have, right? Because it has that rich sound of of the one chord, and that's also very powerful, because again, the one chord is basically like home. If I have totally lost you here, then that means you probably have not downloaded or read the music theory guide If you didn't listen to me the first time and get it, go get it now. If you want, you can come back and listen to this podcast, listen to this video, to what I just said. Again, it will make so, so, so much more sense in the four pillars I teach in that. It teaches you everything you need to know to understand everything I just talked about. We talk about keys, intervals, chords, and chord progressions, aka like the chords in context. So... There's definitely some nuance to figuring out exactly what chords are the right chords or best chords, I should say, to pair with your melody. There's a whole trick to that. We can have a whole nother podcast and video on that. We don't have time to go through exactly that today. Just know that generally, as a general rule, say you have a phrase that has three notes, whatever, like if there's two of those notes that are in the same chord, that's probably your chord, right? So if you have Let's say you're in the key of C, and your melody goes G, F, E. At that point, you know while your C chord, which is your one chord, has both the E and the G in it. And then that F note was the one you were sort of passing through. So it makes sense to emphasize the first one and the last one, which is G and E. You also know your three chord, your E minor chord, is also has those two notes. You also know that your A minor chord, your sixth chord has those two, right? Because an A minor chord is an A, C, E. I'm sorry, doesn't have those two. Don't know why I said that. A sixth chord, that is a seventh. So if you have a seventh chord, that is your sixth chord. So A major, sorry, A minor seventh, then it would have that G. But, right, like, again, if I've totally lost you, I'm sorry, go download the guide, it's free don't know what to tell you. Um, But if you're tracking with me, right? Like this is sort of how you start to think through it. Again, we don't have time. because I don't want to take up too much of your time today. We don't have the time to dive into that right now. But from here, you're really just chords, harmony away from having a full song, right? You've now gone from I just have this lyric. But then you figured out what are the core emotions of the lyric? Then you recited the lyric out loud so that you figured out the emphases. Then you improvised, whether using an instrument or using your voice. Different melodies that evoke the same emotional response as saying it out loud, right? They have the same emphases that you that you had when you said it out loud. And you just recited the lyrics. And now you're figuring out the chords that match best with that melody to really add to the emotional... um side to that melody because of course what chords you choose to supplement the melody is really going to um, be that last finishing touch on the emotion of the melody because the the melody does have a attitude a a feeling in and of itself but uh, what chords are underneath that melody is really what gives it that final push and final emotion right like Holding a C note over a C major chord is going to sound very different than a C note over an A minor chord, right? Those are going to have two very, very different emotional responses to them. Make sure to use that. And hey, if you do want me to talk more about figure trying to figure out what the right, in quotes, what the best chords are, what chords you want to use with your melody, let me know. Let me know in the comments below if you're on YouTube. If you're not, let me know. I don't know. Leave a review on iTunes. Send me an email, joseph at songwritertheory.com. I would love to hear from you. And I put out a poll to those of you who are subscribers the other day. Thank you to those of you who have responded already. If you have not responded, here's a reminder to respond, because I am actually going to use uh, this information to determine you know, the the content that I'm going to do. And so far, the overwhelming favorite for thing that you guys wanted me to live stream on YouTube about was going over my six steps for lyric writing, which are the same six steps that I do talk about in my free guide on the six steps to lyric writing. It is probably of all my free guides, my number one favorite. And it's actually, I know the music theory already so well that I don't necessarily need to reference that myself. I do sometimes, um, but I usually don't but the lyric writing is so, it just, even though I know it, I created it, right? It still is so impactful that I read it over and over sometimes to inspire myself. It's super helpful. So I do recommend you go check that out, especially if this is your first time that you are going to plan to do lyric writing first. Highly recommend you go check that out. I don't know when the live stream is going to be, Uh, I might put out another poll, not sure, to figure out best time, but my thought right now is probably a Saturday morning. Um, But I do plan to do a live stream. I will be sure to let you know via podcast, and I will also send out an email when that will be, but the first one will definitely be going through my six steps for lyric writing. I'll be sure to break down each one. We'll go through some examples. I'll try to find uh lyrics that I'm currently working on that are in different stages so that I can really show you some of those steps in real time um and we'll have some fun. And if you have questions that you want me to answer uh, specifically about some steps in that guide or just lyric writing in general, um you can show up live and ask them and I will answer. Or you can shoot me an email or if, if you're on YouTube, drop a comment below and ask your questions there. And I'll try to make sure to get to those because I am overall here to answer your questions, to teach you, which is why I ask you what you wanna learn, right? I'm here to help you. So I hope this podcast was helpful to you and I will talk to you next week.